Mosquito? Now we are. Fucking raise this. You raise my mic. Yes. And this is where we are. Welcome back. Today is Junji Ito Christmas special. Hey, <laughs> Even though it's first week of January. That's right. More summarizing. Well, not summarizing. We don't really summarize. We just do the next thing. So this time it's Junji Ito, <laughs> which I was actually surprised to see how many I have, which there was, I don't know if I've told you when I started reading these, there's like three or four overlaps of stories that are in all of them, because three of these are collections. Oh, okay. So it's just short stories. So some of the collections show up in each book. Yes, exactly. Some of the shorts. Which one? This is Venus in the blind spot. <gasps> Was that in color? Mm, I don't think so, no. Oh, that's just good art. But here's probably a familiar example of how he does dead eyes. Uh-huh. Which I think is something he's really good at. Scary. Yeah. I have. How much manga have you read? Um. So before we started the old record button... I was trying to look up the other Junji Ito story I had read, and I already forgot it. Romina, I think I just said. I think you did, but I'll, I don't yes. remember myself. R-E-M-I-N-A. Um, wish I still had it, but I gave it to a friend as a gift, so hmm. it's in better hands anyway. But it's a fantastic story, and I think that might be the only manga I had read ever. Okay. I think this was mine for the longest time. Mm-hmm think it still technically is i tried collecting a couple of one punch mans but honestly my first couple purchases were not in english mm -hmm. so i was just like oh well i have one now <laughs> do you feel have you do you still have that uh one uh, punch man yeah i have them somewhere do you feel that manga has the same quality as comics to tell the story with images alone like, does the image speak as loudly in a manga as it, as it does in a comic? Mm. Does that make sense? Are you telling me I'm weak and I should have read One Punch no. Man anyway? No. Because I could have just appreciated the artistic <laughs> translation of scenes. Yeah, you're a degenerate. Thank you. That's what I want here. <laughs> uh, no. Or, yes, I do think they're as good. I was saying, no, I'm not a degenerate. But <laughs> the quality of the imagery alone is really good. Which is something that's really interesting and I probably alluded to in our other comic episodes is when, like Junji Ito, I'm thinking of the way he transitions a scene by adding like a simple detail or it's one scene with no words. It's just a like a, a descriptive adjective or verb like they are. Oh, they're running. They're walking. They're moving. They're getting something ready. And those little transitionary scenes are really nice. Mm -hmm. I think it just really for me adds flow to the story. Yeah. That was my rant. And I think Junji Ito does that well. Overall, you asked about manga. Uh, I haven't read enough to know. Yeah. It's only oh, it's only been Junji Ito, really. Well, then I'm glad you answered about that specifically because that is the topic at hand. It just made me think of it because you said One Punch Man wasn't in English. And I wondered mm. if you could tell at all any of the story without the text. I think so. Well, I've seen the episodes that are out mm. for it. And the first 
issue that I had opened up blank, almost scene for scene. Okay. So that was actually really cool. I do recall briefly looking through the photos, but I, I didn't like read it. It was like a cool flip. Hey, I recognize these photos. Cool. And then I didn't actually go through it page by page. Yeah. But I would like recognize key scenes or key moments. That I was like, oh yeah, wow. One hundred like push-ups a day. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> for what three years? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And so then this would have be your second, your second ever. I've read some online manga, mm-hmm. but does it count as manga if you read it top down, left mm-hmm. to right? Now, is it manga or manga? I've heard um, both many times. Doesn't matter. Probably not. But I just want to make sure. Do, like, I'd uh, get in a lot of trouble, I think, from some of my philosophy on language. It's all made up and the points <laughs> don't matter. Uh, and people yes. are going to tell you you said it wrong. but And then you go over a county line and they're like, no, we've been saying it like that for a thousand years. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so who's right? Nobody's right. This is a differentiation of culture. the idea in a way that's understood by who you're talking to? Then you did it okay. That's so. It's, yeah. ma- it's manga and yes. it's manga. Yes. And it's also ma- manja. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's too far. So, if, in Everyone's... your eyes, the sole purpose is the idea getting to the receiver versus the method of which it was delivered. If you said manga and everyone knew what you were talking about, but they say manga, then you didn't say it so wrong that you need to be corrected. Right. They knew what you're talking about. Mm. But my joke about manja, no mm. one's going to know what I'm saying. Right. So, no, that's wrong. But manga's acceptable. Manga's acceptable. Manga's acceptable and the right people. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. If you get the message across, yeah, that's all you wanted. Yeah. So, like, I could say... You hey, can you tell I've thought go... about this really deeply and have wrote many essays on it. Well, that's what we're doing right now, <laughs> writing an essay. But if you said later down our path, like, hey, I got this awesome manga, boom, I understand. Yeah. Done. Message received. Viable. People have been saying it wrong for years. Exactly. <laughs> it's just us do that right. <laughs> Um, so this manga is only the second book ever I've read right to left, top down. I can't think of any other books. Uh, you got me berserk mm-hmm. for the holiday season. See, I'm slowly trying to just yeah, uh-huh. pull, push you. I, you know, I would get into One Piece. I've, oh. I've watched, oh. I watched enough of the episodes that I would just pick up probably where I left off mm-hmm. and maybe just buy the mangas that were... Episode 492 or something crazy like that. There is a mood for me for certain manga. Mm -hmm. And Junji Ito doesn't have that stipulation. You could read it whether you're in the mood or not. And I think that's a testament to his skill as a writer and as a creator. Whereas I think... If I was going to read, like, Sword Art Online or something, Naruto, Mm -hmm. I think of a lot of those as superhero comics where there's a point where you just feel like you've seen that before and it's not as new or fresh. The same motifs. If if I've read 300 issues of Iron Man and then I read 300 issues of Thor, eventually some of those Thor issues start to feel just as repetitive Mm. and the same as the Iron Man issue. I know some people may will get really mad at the fact that I believe that, but maybe it's just a mood now too, because I've always been ebbs and flows with reading in general. Sometimes I just don't read for a couple months and then I read every day 
for three months. So that's where I'm at now. That's Scotty in 2024. Mm-hmm. What was your single issue collection? Was it uh, Marvel Team Up? The, um, that I had the whole thing? Yeah. Marvel Team Up, I was missing issue one. <sighs> I had issues two through 150 and all annuals. Holy fuck. Yeah. I yeah. sold it on eBay last year for like 1400 bucks. <laughs> I tell you what, it was really fun to collect. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool thing to have. But I had four short boxes, a long box, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven shelves full of comics and graphic novels. <laughs> yeah. I had I had almost 600 graphic novels and probably over a thousand floppy issues. It just you did downsize a lot, didn't I you? I needed I needed to create some breathing room in my reading space, and it it instead of a collection, it started to feel a little too much for me. I was wondering if I should have even gotten you a book when I was thinking about. It. I was like, he he still has like this is a great gift every year, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, you used to have a lot more. If it is something like uh, Berserk, where mm-hmm. it's considered one of the best, everyone who likes comics or manga is going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love those gifts. And you don't have to get the rest of the series. Like, you got number one. You yep. don't, like, it oh, could absolutely. just be boom, done. Yeah. Right. I think there's 13 other big books like that. If I like it, I'll get it. What I've what I've been doing is I've been confining my collection into favorites and getting the premium versions of those favorites. Why the Last Man? I just finished collecting Why the Last Man in hardcover deluxe, where I had it in softcover deluxe because mm. it's one of my favorite series. Mm-hmm. It's only five books. Oh, that's pretty nice. And if you go to Half Price Books, you get lucky. I found all five of them at Half Price Books for twelve ninety nine a piece. So I have all five deluxe edition hardcovers of Why the Last Man for like 60 bucks. That's, that's, sure. that's a good deal. Yeah. So I'll do that. Mm. Um, Sandman is another one. I'm only missing two hardcovers in the Sandman. I think okay. it's Dream Country and... Write that down. Write that down. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> don't quote it. I think it's Dream Country and... Oh, I'm writing this down. Like Brief Lives. It's one of the later ones. Mm-hmm. Dream Country's uh, volume two. And Brief Lives, I think, is volume seven or... Yeah, seven, because nine's the kindly ones. Ten's the wake. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my idea now with collecting. I'm going for, did I love this story so much that I want to keep it? Mm. Or was it just a good story and it's time to let it go? And I found that with the Marvel team-up being the example, it was just time to let it go. Yeah. Well, that's a lot, too. How many was it again? It was 149 issues of the main series, and I think it was 12 annuals. Okay. So it was 160 books. Yeah. It, it was more than a short... Here's what, here's what got me. It didn't all fit in one short box, and it was too small for a long box. I was like, there's not a storage system for this collection. I have to split it between boxes. I, no. <laughs> no. I've had the same thought with my collections as of late. Is how to downsize it, make it more portable. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have one short box, but it is a combination of Moon Knight and then Power Man and Iron Fist, which yeah. does include Luke Cage. I started that run. I got, 
I think over halfway, but it's 125, mm-hmm. 115. See, it's been a while since I've even gotten anything for it. Yeah. But as you said, that's a lot. It feels like a lot to me. But there's also, say I was to do the entire Iron Fist series, there's also five from Namor. There's eight from his, nah, see, I'm, it's been so long I forget the numbers. I think 15 from Marvel Premiere. Uh, eight to maybe ten for his standalone title, mm-hmm. and then 125 for his actual Power Man and Iron Fist run, starting with Luke Cage one through 49. Mm. And then you have the Namor thing, which I believe takes after the Davos arc in 125. Inside, I'm squealing like a little fangirl right yeah. now. This is incredible. The fact keep, that I know all keep this. Coming, keep going. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> um, I think there's some annuals and there's some points where he had some Marvel team up. So I thought about getting basically all of the OG Iron Man or Iron Fist appearances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When people started to ask me what my favorite superhero was, I felt like I had made a commitment to having to be with that thing forever. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the Silver Surfer. I will always keep volume one Mm-hmm. because it's the first iteration, mm-hmm. and it's 18 issues. That's awesome. I can keep it in a 5-inch stack. But That's pretty good. But volume 3 of The Silver Surfer is hundreds of issues, mm. and I started downsizing that too. I'm keeping some of the runs with Thanos, or some of the arcs with mm. Thanos, like issues 30+. plus. But I got rid of everything below that, because it's like I don't really want it for the collectible value. I'm not. I've read a lot of Silver Surfer that I really enjoyed, but I don't want to keep consuming everything Silver Surfer. I'd like to read the best of the Silver Surfer. And to do a bit of a segue, what percentage of those felt like after reading all through what all of you have overlapped in the way it was written and the story arcs? Oh, sure. Back to my comment about superhero Mm -hmm. comics or other Mm -hmm. manga that's not Junji Ito getting Mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. When Ballpark, more than half, half, less than half? More than half. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's another surfer story where he has to go convince a planet that genocide's wrong. It's good. I like that message. But do you want to tell that message... 50 times with the same character and almost the same plot devices every time. Mm. They're just a green alien instead of a short pig guy. Yeah, but you're able to stand up to both of them and right (laughs) and wrong and make the justice choice. (gasps) Oh, Oh. got a visitor. Hey, baby. Look who's here. Introducing our special guest, maybe. Oh, oh. Hi, buddy. She's our niece and we love her. She's got the zoomies. She wasn't expecting uh, a guest in her home. Yeah, you. Yeah, me. But you're here. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So would you keep Junji Ito on your shelf? Well, it's funny because I gave it away, and I regret having given it away, but I'm happy Mm. someone else has it for their shelf. So yes, Mm. I would keep it. Okay. Uh, Black Paradox, it's not in my mind as... Mem- uh, that's not fair to say. I don't have a complete thought on it yet. Okay. I would keep it for now. It's a weird book. It's very strange. Yeah. It's got a lot of interesting concepts, and rereading it, I had a couple other questions, which we'll get to, about the way the story progressed. And I do like just the way these chapters are broken down 
it feels like it flows really well and it's almost like there is a goal of each chapter and it leads to a really good ending you liked the ending a little bit not as much the first time more the second time Ooh, okay now see that's a good reason to keep a book on the shelf Mm -hmm. you got something different out of it the second time around yeah exactly that yeah i wish there was a deluxe east of west that'd be a good one i bet there will be yeah it's a fairly recent comic uh wasn't it like 2009 2012 Ten years ago, it's considered modern comics. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. No, That's a good you, point. you got no. You got me there. It's it didn't get the treatment that some other books got. Anyway, uh, so how do you want to start on Black Paradox by Junji Ito? Yeah. Do you, have, do you have numbers? Do you want to do numbers? I like numbers. I don't but, have numbers, but I didn't look any up. <laughs> I don't have numbers. It's a book. Nice. Junji Ito wrote it. I thought it's pretty good. I found it online. Here, Scott has a copy. I could probably get a... Well, this is your copy. Um, first printing in October 2022. So this actually is... Talk about recent comics. Oh, This is yeah. two years old. Shit. Uh, not quite. Less than. It's a year and a few months. Should we read this about Junji Ito? Uh, well, I wanted to say, There's if you wanted to go, okay, <laughs> we can read the about the author. I was going to say with the way this story progresses, I can honestly ask you probably like one question a chapter real easily. Cause this is just the overarching page by page for each chapter. Oh, that's glorious. Mm. What, uh, well, first off, is that legal? Uh, probably. <laughs> okay. If that's legal, uh, what website is that, that others can use? It's to... a blog spot. You can find it with the quick Google. I believe in you guys. All right. Blogspot dash Google dash manga of interest. (laughs) Well, this first chapter is about four individuals who you are introduced to, and it quickly devolves into like what? What? That's I remember reading it the first time, at least a little bit. Like, what is going on? Because you have four individuals. I'm gonna butcher the names every time, but they meet together. Piton. Piton is a good one to remember. (laughs) Uh, But they meet to kill themselves and they all talk about meeting up they had a group online i believe referred to mm, see now this is where i'm gonna mess up i believe it was called black paradox okay that would make sense nonetheless it goes to the story of all of these individuals they're in a car ride they wish to go into the woods to kill themselves did you have any in, in I, um, thoughts towards the well, Suicide I was, Squad? I was, just, I was just reading. I was going to get their names. Um, and I was just reading the first page. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this, but he said my handle is Taburo. My handle. Mm-hmm. So did we ever get his name in the whole book? He was Taburo the entire story. But it was his handle from the website. Uh-huh. Where Piton says, I'm Piton. Yeah. Just I found that in- interesting. No, that's a good point. That it makes it even cooler that he's just an anonymous figure. He's just an, uh, just a dude who mm-hmm. was ready to go. <laughs> the progression of the stories, these people wish to kill themselves. And the first chapter kind of summarizes basically what's wrong with each of them. And I guess I'm just curious your thoughts on how that grasped you as you started to learn, oh, this is what's fucked up about Piton. This is what's fucked up about Taboro. Because each of these guys have their own <laughs> their own special thing. Right. 
So Piton feels inadequate because mm-hmm. he works for an organization that made a robot that's better than him. Mm-hmm. Sexier, smarter, faster, stronger. A perfect replica. Doesn't gain weight too much when it eats. So he feels inadequate. I'm out of here. Uh, Barachi feels inadequate in appearance. Mm-hmm. Just one side of her face is deformed. And to her, that is enough to... Of course. Leave the world. But I would imagine if you're 30 plus years old, which I'm imagining some of these characters are around. Maybe. maybe. I'd almost even guess like 20. Yeah. Mid 20s. That's the thing about manga. You, you never know. Early 20s. They they're, could be 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Barachi. Well, one has a mustache. 16. And, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Barachi thinks she's ugly and doesn't want to live. Uh, I felt like Maruso didn't know why she wanted to kill herself. Mm. Did you gather anything? I did on that, and I I think it was easier for me to comprehend the second time around as well. Okay. Uh, what do you What do you think? Well, in the one of the final chapters, they're in. They're in a phase that I wanted to deem the Avengers Assemble phase. I wanted to ask nice. if you ever felt like they was feeling that way. Because it did my not, second read Not through. until they failed. Mm. Failed, quote unquote. I see. You know how... Well, they Who go to try, they try to kill themselves, but something interrupts the process, so they fail at killing themselves on their first try. Oh, then I'm I, talking about... All right, I'm sorry. Continue. I felt, I, I felt that they were an Avengers Assemble team once they all shared a goal other than the suicide but it seemed like they all, the connection wasn't there. They just all wanted to die. I see. We're like, that's cool. I felt the Avengers Assemble f- phrase when it was the very end, and I realized, like, oh, they all have powers. They all have their own soul to delve Ooh. into themselves. How is each one going to delve into their own? Because we learn the first, they say the second, and then, then sometime in the book, like, well, there's still two left. We can get two more portals. Oh, sure. I'm like, oh, how? Okay. Interesting. Because Taburo has one of the like the most badass walks entrances of having control it over tri- his soul. It, tri- it tripped me out. Yeah. I actually didn't quite understand it, and this is where the imagery really helped because mm-hmm. it was done so well. Mm-hmm. It's like my shadow glows. I was like, what? Yeah. I thought he was just like scared. Taburo, what, just hated himself? You know, he saw his doppelganger and it was supposed to be some bad omen. Uh, Taburo wanted to die because he saw his doppelganger. That was good. I forgot that one. Um, I'm trying to find Maruso's reason. I don't think she ever told hers. So then what is that character's role? Well, she's more of a soothsayer. As she goes through the novel, she's like, I feel anxious and nervous when I get premonitions and sense something about to happen that's bad. And that's where a lot of her anxiety stemmed. And her Avengers Assemble face was that there was a tumor in her head, which was causing her emotions and her anxiety to grow at the point like her soul was interacting with the bad future. Mm-hmm. And so she was just like, I don't know, a, a, a toothsayer is what I said, a future teller, like almost like someone to push the story along. So she was trying to kill herself, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because she just wanted to find an answer to that future that was causing this angst. I think that... Be, the future was so grim. Her anxiety was so high. She wanted she just to die. To stop feeling. Mm-hmm. It. Mm. That's what I gathered. Yeah. How that's drawn in the very end when she's splayed on the table in the doctor's house. Mm-hmm. Like she looks terrified. She keep, it's just. Yeah, she's frozen. Anyway, that's. No, the imagery is great. Like a million There's miles a million, from now. Yeah. 
Um, mm. What did you think about the fact, how did you react when Maruso sees the car? So the four, the Fantastic Four get together and they're driving down the road to go do this thing. And then another car drives by and it has three of the four minus Maruso in it. Had you read Junji Ito before this story? Yes. So My first kinda, was Gyo. So you know that there's always some weird effed up twist or unexpected thing. Mm-hmm. So did that still feel some weight when you saw that second car drive by and Maruso's shocked? Uh, it, I, no, I don't think so. I was like, okay, awesome. Those are the other guys. Mm. Especially because in the two scenes prior... LaRusso realizes that, um, what's the other lit woman's face name? Baras- Barachi. Barachi. She realizes that Barachi's face is not visible in the rearview mirror. Uh-huh. And there is the speak of whir sounds from Piton's joints. Uh-huh. So I already had like, oh, the inkling, like, hmm, these sound like they're the evil versions of themselves. Yeah. And then the other car drew, drove by. Yeah. Which I guess then I would be only confused by what happened to her doppelganger. Was that just a poof? An illusion. Yeah, you don't have to I remember. actually forgot. I read this book in three sittings. Okay. So from the first sitting to the it's last quick. from the first sitting to the last sitting, it was probably I probably read once a week. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that there was another car of them. So I don't remember what happened to Barachi's doppelganger. It was a mirror figure. It it shattered. I was talking about Maruso's figure. Yeah, I don't think we ever saw it or even heard of it. Mm. There was no mention. It probably might it might have been in there, but Maybe. I was thinking just with the way you had worded that, when I finished this book, it has such drastic changes in the story, each chapter of mm. the six chapters, where when you're at the end, you forget a lot about how it built up. You can remember the key points and how they like they formed. They figured out they had these weird the Plytorus. They had these weird gates inside each of them and slowly interacted with this new gemstone, which caused a power innovation and a connection to the souls of the dead. Mm-hmm. It's like a really cool chapter by chapter build of that idea. There's the world that centers around those souls and those gems and these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that going somewhere? That was where it went. Uh, you weren't surprised to see the car drive by because it was kind of expected you were surprised that Maruso's doppelganger was nowhere to be found correct but you felt that as the story progressed that information became less relevant it became more focused on where it was heading rather than how it got there no, you're thinking way too deep. I'm talking about when I finish the story, I realize how drastic the story changes from chapter to chapter, where a moment like that could be easily forgotten. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all you say. Because he's like, oh, I forgot it. I was like, okay, I would also forget it. It's a dense book. Yeah. So you think there's not, do you think that this is irrelevant to no. the story? Oh, God, no, not at all. Like, I'm saying that by the time you get to the end, it's like, oh, I forgot how much happened. It was, yeah, sure. It was such a small detail compared to everything else that happened. No. There's so much. I don't know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I want to understand. I'm saying the book is dense. This is a pretty dense book. And when you get to the end, you Mm. can appreciate and realize how much the 
story changes and yeah. how many significant events there are. Yeah. Where some might easily be forgotten because there are so many. Yeah. Not making them any less significant to the way the story progresses. But it's a very dynamic so book. It's yeah. a dynamic book. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Oh. I forgot that Barachi's doppelganger shattered. They defeated the doppelganger. Mm-hmm. And he stabs. Uh, Maruso stabs. One other one, it explodes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The chapter basically ends with them all being together. The All the real selves. This is just the first chapter where they find their doppelgangers and quote-unquote end them off. As they progress the story. And then they all know each other. And yay. What? So now that I understand that you don't think it was insignificant, what do you think was the meaning behind them murdering their doppelganger? Why would they include that when the story's more about the self, the soul? Well, it could be simple. Like, they hate themselves. Period. Mm. Uh, and they, were, some... they were killing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah. That's pretty good. I don't think I've gone to that metaphorical uh, deciphering when I read these books. Okay. I think of it as, like, it'd be, well, I mean, it can be so metaphorical if you really wanted to. But I think because of the way I've read a lot of anime and manga, like, I just know they're quirky stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that too shallow? No. Okay. It's different. It's a different value for what you read. Mm. You would read it more as, wow, that was nuts. And I would, Sometimes, and yeah. I would, and I would try to be like, why was it nuts? <laughs> 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 because he just stabbed himself and he popped like a balloon. Yeah. It's, it's gnarly. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. They killed themselves trying to kill themselves. Yeah. But, and that could even just tie to the fact that they all wanted to and themselves anyways and so they have that type of like internal fighting with how much they want to live or not even if their reasons are so drastically different yeah. it could just be a simple metaphor for wanting to kill themselves in the first place mm -hmm. but if they're dead then are they free of that burden apparently they... not apparently mm. they have a second purpose mm. you don't get to choose when you die and if you do you're gonna serve someone else mm. something else Mm. Well, I, uh, Tamuro wants that. He's like, I don't want to go on my own terms. Yeah. I'm not going to go by somebody else's. Yeah. And then he's afraid because he keeps seeing his shadow mm -hmm. coming for him, which means it's not his control. So uh, I think he wants to beat it because the doppelganger, if I recall properly, is just like a folk tale. Like if you see your doppelganger, then it's bad luck and an omen that you will die soon. And he wants to beat it first before oh, the Reaper comes to him. That's right. He finds out that he would die because he saw the doppelganger. Mm -hmm. He says, F that. I'm going right. to do it myself. Dense book. But then he's fulfilling the prophecy that seeing your doppelganger means your demise. Mm -hmm. So he's still trapped in it. Oh, wow. You're looking at, well, okay. And here's probably a fun thing. It's a paradox. Oh, my God. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And therein lies the oh, rub. Oh, man. Let's see. <laughs> All right, chapter one. <laughs> I was just going to say, the second chapter, they return to the site, I believe, to try and end themselves a second time. After they've calmed down from 
killing themselves that wasn't themselves. Yeah. And it ends up not working. Yeah. I mean, just in general, it didn't work, yep. which I never understood. But what does happen is this is when things get crazy and they introduce the entire soul aspect of this book. Which is probably the heart of the plot. Very much so. And um, to dear interrupt you just for a second. Tom, you said it didn't work. They all chickened out. Oh. Oh, well, yeah. It didn't except work. Piton. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You're right. It didn't work because they all chickened out except Piton. There you go. Where you are. Uh, he barfs up a beautiful stone. I forget what they have the name of it. Do you have a... Pedantite? Pedantite. Paradontite? Paradontite? Paradonite? We'll get there. Yeah. Piton is the only one actually off himself successfully. And I think from this, now having read the story a couple times, this is him like having journeyed to the land of the dead and found the shining land and then came back somehow. Mm-hmm. Even if he's in this crazy state. And in doing so, his pylorus became the gate. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Look at his pylorus. <laughs> Boom. That The pylorus for you. But like the pylorus sometimes could reference like a metaphorical understanding of the Zen cycles and your meditation zones. And so I'm just bullshitting. Oh, yeah. I was going to. I was all in. <laughs> there's got to be. There's somebody. Somebody symbolized the pylorus for some. It's at your gut. It's at your core. Yeah, I know. I was trying to make that up because you're. Uh, yeah, mind. The pylorus. I, I feed off of that shit. Uh, As does Piton. I fired. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah Piton. Uh, nope. He was the first one to actually get buff up, burp, burp up this stone. And it's really interesting because they have this whole shadowed realm, and they get to interacting with the stone and figuring out what it does. And they give us just a little bit more backstory on like what the all these characters do, and where they are. And after we figure out that he's barfing up these stones and he's got his pylorus gate, he goes to the hospital where Marusa works, and they start investigating. And that's when we learn the name, the pylorus. His it's a. It's a section between uh, your stomach. Wait for it. Your stomach and something else. Just the upper. I'm trying to think if there's another specific term, but it is within your intestinal system. The opening from the stomach into the duodenum. Duodenum. So that's the fancy word I was looking for. Small intestine. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Controls the flow between a reservoir dedicated to mechanical and chemical digestion the stomach and the conduit dedicated to the absorption of nutrients the intestines i'm just saying there's a lot of symbolism done back there (laughs) i heard no symbolism in that (laughs) sentence Uh, i only heard scientific facts and words describing mechanical wants to kill himself because he feels inadequate because Mm -hmm. there's a machine that does functions better than him and his pylorus is malfunctioning. Oh, snap. <laughs> the, he uses the word mechanical, and, <laughs> and there's his, a robot replacing and his, him. And his pylorus oh. is malfunctioning, connecting between reality and the spirit realm, and is now overproducing this spirit material. All right. Can we get the same crazy bonkers description for every single character? Probably. All right. Well, then let's move on. They find the. They do use a lot of scientific vocabulary in the story. I really like that. I think there's a lot of great pseudoscience in this. Yeah, 
per it makes it science. it makes it more believable, which I think is the value of the horror of it. It's because it's not it's like far fetched if you try to tell someone, but if you describe it the way the book does, you're mm. like, oh, yeah, the pylorus. Um, trying to find where they call it, what it is, pyranodite. Uh, it's when they first try to sell it. Yeah. Before they get to the that pylorus. Point... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Look at how open that guy's mouth is as he screams in horror. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, he has a lot of great uh, visuals for motion. Just like a strained face mm. or like a stressful uh, emotion. Expression. Ex- expression. Yeah. The way he sullies the eyes a lot. You know? Oh, yeah. And the lines on his forehead going back, like it's just like shocking. Mm-hmm. Dude's head got thrown back. Mm-hmm. Also, Piton hasn't been doing great this whole time. He's basically <clears throat> soulless ever since he died and woke up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they go back to collect them. Well, let's see. Piton said that he saw a dazzling world when he died. That was probably the world of the afterlife. He also saw an endless number of shining jewels there, like the one he vomited up. And this is where they start to get pretty uh, obsessed with it. And Barachi even claims that this is a soul, like right at the end of chapter two. They're calling them stones through the entire second chapter. I'm looking at page 25. Oh, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Cool. I was on the page prior. Now I'm with you. Um, this is when she just claims it as a soul. Yeah. The fact that he had visited the afterlife. And so his pylorus becomes a gate. And they revisit to the visit the site again because they wanted to off themselves. Piton was the only one. After going through the whole hospital, they return to collect more. Because they're like, oh, look at, look at the shiny treasure. What's up? Do you remember how they tried to kill themselves? They swallowed a handful of pills. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the imagery of Piton's mouth full of pills as his stomach bursts where the pylorus can't process all of those pieces to reach the intestine. Is this a different one or the one I'm on? Nope, that one. Oh. I just... I, mm, it looks like... It could look at pills. I saw it as souls. They are. I see. Oh, I just, just think, I just think everything... I think everything is so... Connect, like, this is how good this is written. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's Like, yes. that detail, every, I every, think, so perfectly matches the way he died, and he was the only one who died that way. And now he's the only one who's producing this many, even through the rest of the story. Only Piton produces this many. Mm. Everyone else can get them. That's a very good point. Well, at this point, too, even thinking of it... Um, story like just progressive wise what just i love this this is one yeah. of my favorite parts of the book uh <laughs> oh this him vomiting like like things. his stomach bursting like this yeah on the next page page yeah. uh whatever uh, the hell it's it is so good crap what was i thinking i was thinking um he's also producing so many right now as a way to like get the market going in for the other progression of the story, that wasn't the thought that I had. I made that up. What was the thought I had? Whatever. Um, He's vomit bursting. They collect a bunch more stuff. He gets super sick, and eventually they see all the souls of the people inside, confirming that it is indeed like a material from the dead. Piton burst open. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, is that terrifying? Yeah, what did you think? I thought I was... I guess I don't know. I thought it was cool. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a, a cool show of like how much power is in the stones and mm. like that, you know, you can still be connected to the dead in some way. You saw cool more than fear. I I did. Maybe it's because it was my second read through. That's what I remembered. Ah, true. Fair. Good point. I just think uh, Piton just exploded and a bunch of souls came out. Yeah, that was pretty badass. I don't know. I wouldn't be like. <laughs> <laughs> I sure, but I'm not. I'm not there. Yeah, that's true. We are just the observer. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Oh, I've been trying to. I've been trying to look with you to find the first time they name it. It's not in chapter two either. Oh, not at all. Uh, let's see. Do you have um? Before we move on, do you have anything else from chapter two that you want to ask or share? Not specifically. It's the biggest thing is I think his explosion. They slowly learn about his connection to the spirit world, and having returned to the site to try and off themselves a second time, one actually succeeds with reaching that spirit world, and there's it's almost like there's just major consequences for playing with death. Yeah. And in the, in doing so, he these got this weird gate. The I think the weirdest thing about this, which is why I I know it's not going to be too crazy, is like. There's no reason they have all the portals, period. Like, she has a tumor. It's a portal. He has a pylorus. It's a portal. Mm. But there's a lot of I, storytelling that just comes from that idea itself and tying it to the underworld. Yeah, you like, uh, there doesn't need to be an explanation. It just is. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I want the explanation. Mm. I think... It has something to do with how and why they decided to kill themselves. Mm. This is why I was shocked going back to read about the other car with the other them. Mm. And when they killed those, it got weird. Like, it was already weird, but it got weirder. There was more progression. Mm -hmm. It built on that. But Maruso never killed herself. She never found her herself. That's true. So I... I, my, that theory is out the window. I, it just is. Mm. I think We're back to the car again. You just have to accept that this is the way it is. Mm. You don't like that she didn't kill herself? Um, you no, wish she would I have, have a, had. I, I had a theory that because they killed themselves, that set off the events. Ah. The doppelgangers, not yep. themselves. And then because Piton killed himself then, he killed himself twice, whatever. Maybe that was what triggered something. But Maruso never found a doppelganger mm-hmm. that we know of, right? Mm. Um. If we did, it probably would have been back in chapter one. I guess there was this in the car. Was it not in, in the imagery? She wasn't there. There wasn't a, a Maruso in the other car. Oh, then she must have been. Oh, you, that's okay. Dots clicking. There was never one to begin with. Right. The imagery is going in and out of my head like a million miles an hour right now. Yeah. So I think I'm with you is what I'm, I'm concluding. I think you're right. Some of this you just have to accept that that's part of the fantasy horror of the story. There are, however great ties to the same different things he's doing in the story like the mechanical functions of your gut gut system your gastrointestinal system related to the mechanical doppelganger of piton yeah that's awesome and there is a lot of that Mm -hmm. so much though that i usually don't find it Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's a nice awesome kooky story like oh my gosh now they all are all together because of this crazy site because they wanted to kill so awesome 
Now this guy vomited up a soul. Yeah. Now they want to sell the soul and get rich. Mm-hmm. Chapter three. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm just numb to it and I haven't thought about it. Hmm. Do you have a soul? I, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told this before. That's true. No, of course I do. I think, yes. I think we do. Mm-hmm. Is it a stone on the other side of a portal? I don't think it is. No, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. I think it's a sweet idea. It is a sweet idea. I like the idea of monetizing the soul. Of very... <laughs> You do? Well, I don't like it happening but i like the idea for this horror story of where that can go as a something because the story's about personal like your personal your self-worth no one there we go that's what they didn't like the story about not the specific moment right none of them felt like they had value Mm -hmm. and then their souls that they started finding had value which then believe for them they believed that their life now had some worth because Mm -hmm. they had money yeah They, they didn't even want the souls anymore they just wanted to sell them for money. Mm-hmm. It's a very human problem. One of the main things that the doctor gets away with that I thought was actually a little contrast is not the money, but the progression of like the energy in the industrial system. Uh-huh. And he was like, untold power. We can have infinite energy out of the souls of people. And they even, uh, Maruso, as the soothsayer, says it would help. To an extent. Yeah. And in the end, that's more of a very final page kind of thing. See, that's what I'll, all that's on my brain's on right now. Yeah. Um, but that is another thing that you could want from the souls is societal progression. Right. Not money. Yeah. And I think that is, there's not a lot of characters in this story who are incorruptible. And it seems Maruso might be one of the only... Maybe that's her role. I know in Romina, it's a story about a girl who's seen as the uh, pariah for the end times. Pariah? Uh, the the harbinger of death. She's, mm. she's the reason that the apocalypse is going to happen. And so everyone demonizes her. And in this story, I'm thinking there's a trend with Junji Ito's female characters, main character. And Maruso kind of feels like one, she is. She's one of the main four characters, right? Yes. And she's demonized for being crazy, and she doesn't want to sell the things. She doesn't want to get rich. She wants to try to solve the mystery, uh, and then she ends up being able to see the corruption in the characters around her. Mm-hmm. She's almost like a better version of what you and I as the reader might be like, well, that's ridiculous. She's in the story doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened like five times today. Uh, I'm like so passionate about the idea and then I can't conclude the idea. I just think it's a trend of Junji Ito. That might I'm saying my, I've done that too. That might have been my mm-hmm. only point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's normal, all right? For the most part. Um, she. Oh, this is because of you. what you said about the doctor. So you said that she sees that what the doctor's doing is good to a level, but the doctor can't stop. He's going to overexploit what he can do with that mm-hmm. energy and the money he can make the greed it's a book about greed it's a book about self worth it's a book about monetary gain it and maruso sees the end being grim because a person doesn't know when to stop yes they these characters don't know when to stop piton included i think the doctor only i think actually the four characters are 
the most sane. Yeah. Because they end up speaking about how, well, nah, I'm just talking on my butt. <laughs> hmm. Chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you want to go? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of no. liked what you said when you uh, when you said each chapter I'll have like maybe a question to ask you. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I guess yeah. I, I asked it from two a while ago, and then I'm just going blank. Because chapter, chapter three, three got, you know, rich famous person gets one piece. Of this mineral to... Mm, this is when they really start to try and modernize it. Paradoxical Night is the official commercial name. <laughs> oh, Paradonite. P-A-R-A-D-O-N-I-T-E, page 63. Mm, I'm not going to know the page exactly. Oh, sorry, you're on page 62 is the start. It's the page after the first page of the chapter. Next. Top right. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three, they start wow. monetizing Paradoxical Night. It's weird because this is like a introduction to the souls being not only a rare, powerful gem. No, not even that. They Don't they have them like locked up for some time? Yeah, they're leaking them out. Barachi only, only gave this famous person one to put on television to mm-hmm. create all the hype mm-hmm. so that everyone would want them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, her and, what's the guy's name? Baruto? Garudo? No, that's Ganondorf. Uh, Tambura? Tabura? Tabura? Tabura. Barachi and Tabura are kind of the brains of the operation trying to sell the paradonite paradon paradonite mm. paradonite <laughs> Par- paradox night you can call it the um you can call it the stone the stones the souls the dark soul what was the question we were speaking about tambura and his relation to the stone in this chapter yeah, money. I think. Because money. Him and Barachi are just money hungry at this point. I guess maybe I would change my questions here then. What was a memorable moment from this chapter? Ooh, nice. That's solid. There's a couple. I enjoyed this one here. At some point, him and Barachi are trying to investigate it. They believe, let's see, let's read the first page leading up to it. They're surprised at how it's the strongest material, according to their marketer, who had done some research for them. So he's like, oh, how strong is it? And takes a hammer to strike it. And they're like, what if we break it up into smaller pieces to sell more of it? And after the strike of a single hammer, they unleash like a, a gale of souls, which ends up leaving burns on their body. And that's when they learn a lot about the energy possible from these stones. Still mostly confused, though Barachi seemed for some reason be the one that knows the most about the way it's tied to souls which is kind of interesting she just has that as her role yeah but in that same sense she ended up being like the marketer and tubura was the face and then suddenly they get a lot going with these souls but now there's a hidden danger that they have to be aware of and they really i think use that as a cool hook to carry the story along and this is also the that moment where they strike it is the first time they see the energy potential 
because it powers up the piton robot. Yes, that they exactly. brought back home. Wasn't it hanging at first? They just had it kind of. No, that's that's after. Okay. Because <laughs> he still wants to kill himself, which is funny. Yeah. It's, it's not the original Piton, but he still has a suicidal yeah. pact. I loved the progression of Piton in this because you kind of realize like, oh, shit, he's going to be our automaton friend for a while. Yeah. At some point, I started just laughing at a lot of Piton's roles. Did How did you feel about Piton in the chapter? Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, awesome. I thought it was a nice comedic relief for a pretty dark story. Yeah, because then let's see. It's when he first starts coming alive. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, look at this picture here. So grim and dark, like with the shadows under the lines and the sullen eyes. Oh, do you remember later in the story where they say that the reason they can access their portals because they found their soul specifically? That stone that they struck with the mm-hmm. hammer, that's why the Piton robot was yes. able to come to life. It was his stone. Mm-hmm. They do allude to that, I think, in one of the chapters. That was a great memory, too, because that kind of ties it all together from the very beginning where Piton was the only one that killed himself and that he was the first stone to be experimented with and thus also produced the most right the father of souls <laughs> the father of souls there's a couple other moments uh just quickly that I would touch on uh, mm, from chapter chap- from chapter three and that was Maruso drops off Piton's body after it exploded at her hospital where mm. she works and she doesn't tell Taburo or Barachi where he is because she's not a, doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, she's like, you guys are monetizing the guy who's dying in a van. I'm trying to take mm. care of the guy dying in the van. True, she was still um, the good soul, yeah, like the person who wanted to do the right thing. I think that that's just her character's role throughout the whole story is to be some sort of moral compass. Yeah, even even though no one agrees with her, <laughs> and they ended up tying her down and calling her crazy. <laughs> yeah, they kind of <laughs> give her um. Oh shit! What's it called? A lobotomy? Yes. <laughs> With the way they remove the tumor, a little bit. And then I, she. Now I feel fine. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to be on your side, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other moment is when we find out that the paradonite paradonite is extremely dangerous. Yeah, and then there's this scene. Oh yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's the same chapter. They don't just have the hammer strike. They a, also have the gunshot. It's a big chapter. That was really cool. Because mm-hmm. this is the same guy talking about how, let's see, does he want to shoot it to try and make it small again? Do he have the same idea? Oh, no. He's just trying to show off that it's harder than diamond, like an idiot. Yeah, and one of the final scenes is him about it, about to shoot it. <laughs> and it goes into a narration on the entire how there's a news report on a decimated building and no evidence of any survivors. Yep. Whoopsies. Oh, and that's... That's just awesome. So what you're talking about earlier when we started our conversation about this book, about how there's so many things that happen that you could forget something like a car driving by with three of your doppelgangers in it. This chapter alone has three huge moments that feel more impacting or even just big in general that you've moved on beyond the car. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm, we, exactly. The story's going. Yes, that exactly it's, it's what I mean. on with or without you. That is exactly what I'm yeah. saying. I see you. It took a while to get there, but I'm hey, glad you know we got there. That's, I appreciate the patience. <sighs> Dr. Sugar's Cottage. At this point, let's see. Maruso and Barachi. There's this weird thing with Dr. Suka. I never stood their triangle. I mean, oh, yeah. Were you Suga rooting or shipping right, for any the of Japanese. them? Uh, I wasn't rooting for anyone but Maruso. I felt like she was actually mm. the hero of the story. Piton, kind of, because he's funny, and I think he's 
one of the most like what's it called primal what's it called when in when an animal just does instinct instinct piton is mo- the most instinctive mm. like he's just he knows he's supposed to take that stone and he knows he's supposed to jump in to find the other side and return his soul mm. and uh barachi and taburo are just hellbent on cash and maruso's like let's do the right thing dr suga's a uh, frankenstein yeah oh my gosh yeah he wants to manipulate everything he pot for the greater good <laughs> yeah there are yeah there's two main things that are awesome in this chapter take them away that are finding out more about dr suka and him as an, a scientist which he introduces uh maruso and barachi into his home and he's talking with them about what they saw and suddenly they just get a little bit of an eerie feeling from him and they slowly learn he's kind of crazy. I don't recall exactly what pages he also ha- tries to have like romantic relations with not just Barachi but Maruso. Mm-hmm. And that's complicated because at first it's with, I believe, Maruso, but she goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Then it's with Barachi and she he makes her pretty again. But then she goes crazy because of the whole Maruso thing. But that so regardless. The, so the doctor is obsessed with fixing things and making them perfect. Ooh, yes he and is. once they're perfect, he doesn't want them anymore. Whoa. That's deep. I'm just saying each character's got something. It, that's <laughs> Each character has something. And this chapter is just a great showing how crazy he is. He ended up running a lot of the show because the highlights for me is seeing the two portals in their big form, <laughs> which is freaking Piton's stomach in a pool. Yeah. And he talks about our like I've been germinating this cultivating, it, cultivating this in my pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's just like what? And you get a giant picture of a stomach like and a little intestines all coming off of it. The Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The scenes afterwards, my highlights are still jumping into this cuz I think the imagery of that is just like gnarly. Yeah. And they have the dark things that come out of it when, of course, it's not the people meant to go inside. And that, other than the stomach, is seeing the face. Because mm-hmm. talking about the romance between Barachi, Dr. Suka, and Maruso, he tries healing and making Barachi a lot prettier. And how to do that? Remove her scarred face, which is the reason she wanted to die. She was hoping with the Paradonite that she could heal herself and therefore not want to die. Because it was all about the beauty and that mark that she had hated so much. Dr. Suka could fix it. I was trying to look up the definition of abscess because Barachi calls it an abscess mm. in the story. I was seeing if it had like a similar Plytoris <laughs> type. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, it, I don't th- I'm not sure. Pus-filled sh- sack? It is a buildup of pus that can affect any part of your body. Yeah, okay. So I'm it, not sure it, that, if there's... Imagine the entire right side of your face is a gross pussy mess. And part of that pops open like a zit into another portal to the sparkling land of the underworld. Yo, okay, I got it for you. I broke it down already. The pus is heaven. You could see <laughs> you could see the exposed, disgusting interior of Barachi's personality through the abscess, mm-hmm. the pus-filled garbage that was inside of her. Because in this story, she's kind of a know-it-all. She... Mm is still like a healthy and well-rounded like 
her appearance and her physical shape is okay, mm-hmm. but then she's obsessed with taking advantage of the monetary gain and being in charge and mm. taking all the reward. She becomes bossy. So the pus was like a, you could see what was underneath. Yeah, I like a Two-Face. Yes. In a sense where you can see Two-Face all the oh, time duh. in her yeah, personality. Yeah, Two-Face. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Gross and decrepit and yeah. two-sided. Brachi wanted to be the beauty, but she was also the beast. Mm. Yeah, there's the right as... Oh, yeah. The... <laughs> It's like an I forgot it was like an emergency to remove it because she also started not feeling well. I forget exactly how it is, but she just ended up screaming for Dr. Suga's help at a point because there's a beautiful page of her, her entire right side just filled with souls and an eyeball peering out is all stretched and gross. That's really cool. So then Dr. Suga has to do an emergency removal. And then Marusa's just waking up the next day to realize that the surgery went okay. That transition to was me really was, quick. was a little quick. Very quick. Like, Marusa seemed fine, but then Marusa was tied down. Yeah. She got bumped by Barachi, and then suddenly woke up chained up. Yeah. Mm. And this is kind of where I almost was trying to think if, like, Dr. Suka had uh, other evil intentions. Like, he's not for the group at all. He's just himself. Which I already felt that way. Yeah. But what if it was more evil? Like, he's going to kill you guys. Not mm. just use you and be done with you, but he doesn't need you, and he doesn't needs you to not know anything. I felt I felt that vibe in mm. this moment. Yeah. Where you didn't know why he was doing it. Well, Or what his intentions were. And with the three-way thing going on, too, he's got a lot of, like, creepy rape vibes. Yeah. And it's just a whole lot of... Look. And he followed Maruso and like kept track of her, and that's how he found Piton to get the stomach. Yep. Because he was like stalking her. Uh, yep. And after this point, once Maruso's tied down, I believe in the next chapter, he was like, and of course, it was always you, Barachi. Yeah. Which is really interesting the way he made this face look like. Even the detail here no eyebrow or hair. Yeah. Or no makeup. Like it's a raw face. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Oh, almost soulless. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying. Uh, you, can, you can, yeah. you can dissect um, a lot it. here. The soul. <gasps> dissect. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, those are my two. I got eight. one more. It was the moment yep. of humor that we had. Even though this, this book could be very triggering for a lot of people, uh, one of the funniest moments is that Piton is just constantly trying to kill himself, the robot. And <laughs> yeah. so they're like, oh, get down there from there, buddy. We got to go. And he's like, I can't die. I keep trying and I don't die. And he's just like swinging from a rope yeah. above the door. That's so funny. It was used as a as a comic relief. And I and that was we were talking about that earlier. And it, yeah. it's in this moment. That Piton's you see that. character was a great comic relief. He was definitely like, I almost want to say the MVP of the story because the way he, he wasn't, he was brave enough to actually off himself. Not that that you know, often it was bad. Yeah. Do it. But he had all he of the. He followed through with the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. He had produced the most. Was funny in this manner. Still supported people afterwards. He ended up becoming like more of a companion throughout the story. Yeah. Even at the end. Yeah. And he wanted to get back to paradise. Mm-hmm. And by the end of chapter three, we learn a lot about Doctor Suka's evilness in a sense. Yep. Okay. So we got a little little stuff, and then let's see, chapter four. Oh. I think this is when it really feels like Avengers Assemble. No, that's not true. Is it chapter five? 
Cause it's the cha- or is it the final chapter we get? No, not quite. I'm trying to remember at what point we get the other portal. So let's see. We're on chapter five right now, correct? Um, I think so. Yeah, we just did. I was just trying to figure out yeah, if there's triggers to the portals opening. Like for Piton, for a Piton, I was trying to liken the imagery of his stomach bursting and all the souls coming out to being like the pills that he swallowed. Mm-hmm. But then you said, I don't really know why Barachi started to get the things, but they just did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it. She's having a campfire with Taburo, and he's like, what's wrong? You're so quiet. And she just says, my birthmark's itchy. And then they have to go into the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not sure... I think it's just a suspense building. Like, yeah. oh no, it's itchy. What what could be wrong? Part of me was thinking maybe when they strike the soul and they all get the soul burns. Mm. Like it was just it took a couple days after that. Perhaps. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, let's move on to chapter five. I just saw that moment and, and I I don't know if there is a trigger. It's cool seeing it uh, cultivated when they go through the experiments in Chapter 5. Because at this point, I believe Dr. Suga is trying to show people that you can excavate this pteranodite and have people delve into the portals. The but it doesn't world. seem like it works as well as you want it to. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah, the, the very first few chapters is having their first person get sent down. I think it's just some random it's dude. It's some dude. Which... <laughs> I'm really gonna Still get the money the you picture. promised, right? And he says, "No need to worry. Now let's now hop into the stomach." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was a good highlight. That imagery from him coming out of that stomach. This is when they realize not just anybody can go in here. And there's this imagery of all the like. I remember finding like a jaw, and there's some teeth down here. Oh yeah. They have him on a tether and pulling him out of the pylorus and the rest of the stomach. It's just a... I don't even know. It almost looks like fungal growth. It almost looks like algae. But it's just bones and sinew. Like, imagine if that was colored. What would it look like? I was just going to... I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you. I mentioned before we even started, like, mm-hmm. do you think that it would have looked better in color? Do you think it would have looked better in color? I think I like the black and white more than the color from what I have seen. Let's see. Actually, if I pull up one of these, some one of these is in color. I think or am I dead? Third time's a charm? What's, what's do you? That I think has some coloration in it. I'm a sucker for color. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty good. Do you think that detracts from the imagination or does it make it feel more when full? I Yeah, I think it does make it feel a little more full, but I think with the what it does make it more full is how slimy this is. Like, yeah, this doesn't and, look as and wet. And this is gore. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think that would be gore, but I think the color might show me how much it is. If you had to paint how much of that was blood and bone. Yeah. And like spinal cord. Like there's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's oh a good look, point. the pyoris. <laughs> there's the guy who died. Stomach. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is when Taburo says, uh, Suga, you're a scary guy. <laughs> Immediately after. Oh, funny. Yeah, I think um, I think a story like this could benefit from color for those big impacting moments. Or maybe even if just those pages were colored. Yeah. That's what I was trying to flip through that so many times. I was like, is was there some scenes colored? But I think there are shorts that are similar to the Geo story. Excuse me. That still have those sea creatures that are colored and gross. I think I picked Ramina when I first read it because it was a book in color by Junji Ito. Oh, okay. I'll, I'd buy another copy. Get to, get that one to you. That one's a pretty terrifying tale. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Do they do... <laughs> Pitons in the trunk of the Porsche. <laughs> Just hanging out. Yeah. This is when uh, we're at the point where they the guy came out dead because uh, no, not just any human can go through the portal. And they say, well, we need the connection to the portal. And that's mm. Piton's doppelganger robot. And he said, is it really? So then if I go through it, I can die, right? Let's all go through it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. You're like, sure, bud. We'll come later. Promise. <laughs> yeah. That zoom in on his face is really good. Yeah. With like the excited terror eyes. Yeah. Hmm. And they still pull him out. And he, I think from this point on, he even became more like soulless and zombified with the way his eyes were always white after going in again. Even if though it was his robot. This Piton didn't see the world of dazzling light. The hmm. human did. And when this piton goes into the human version's stomach and sees the world, he comes out with the exact same response, full of light, a dazzling world. And it, like, sucked what soul was left out of him. I see. I don't know the significance, but it's the same. It's the same. (laughs) And you're saying human and robot piton said the same thing. They said the same thing. And had the same white eyes. Yes. I think the other characters also have the white eyes. Especially when we get to Barachi. Yes. Mm-hmm. what's nice or what's interesting is when they talk about like the corruption of the soul they still all have theirs so technically they're all gonna make it mm-hmm. and everyone else is gonna die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barachi going into his stomach a second time is really cool you get this little imagery of all the souls bursting again yeah you get another stomach burst from the from the mechanical piton now so yeah. it was the same Probably because the soul that he had of the original Piton maybe died in the same way. What are you trying to correlate? Well, okay. This Piton reacted in the same way when he came out, yep. and then his stomach burst. Yep. His stomach didn't burst before the other ones did. Yeah. Well, I'm saying maybe because he had the soul, that stone that Barachi and Tuburo had, that was his soul. Maybe that connection, he was destined to go the same way. Like, it's going to be the same experience for that soul no matter who has it because it's that soul. Yeah, I agree. I think, in general, because he went to the soul, he got more souls, however that worked for Metal Dude. And they just could have had the simple correlation. Like, hey, came out of his stomach, boom, his stomach opens up. Oh, he brought these back as opposed to... I see. Okay. Yeah. He was collecting. He collected. NVM. In that case, it just might have been... And collected lots of beautiful souls. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. So he just, that's a subtle callback then. Yeah, and again, those are all lots of, lots of details. Hard yeah. to remember at all. Yeah. But we do get, a, uh, just after that, a good progression of Barachi looking pretty. Yep. And all the stuff he has healed. <laughs> and this Dr. is when Suka tries to, like, 
make a move. And they get blah blah blah. And he quickly like oh let's see, is it here? No, not quite, not quite. Well I was thinking of the scene where Dr. Suga is trying to um make smooch smooch with Barachi. It's like I have to tell you something. I've been harboring a secret. And he brings her to the basement to show our next portal, which oh, yeah. is her the birthmark abscess. Yeah. Which I thought was just a, such another good imagery. It was another favorite thing to see. And then I think it was here at some point after this, he says that um, Russo and Tabura still have their own portals. And that's when I was like, oh, we're going to get them all. We're going to get all the portals. And that was when I had my Avengers Assemble moment for sure. Trying to think of it as we were reading through. And that was definitely another point. But what's really weird... Oh, yeah. Was this her? I forget. I don't think they sent a real her. No, they sent a... They made a robot to test it first. Because they thought that Piton's robot could survive because it was a robot. So they went back to the same company that made the Piton robot to send a Barachi robot in. Mm. And it didn't work. No, it didn't work. I wonder why it didn't work. <laughs> because, well, is there anything else you saw? Because even uh, Tabura um, saw his doppelganger. I was just going to say, that was the big point, is he's running from his shadow mm. for that chapter. Tabu- oh, Tabura yeah. disappeared because he was afraid of his shadow. Mm. He embraces it later. True. Maybe he's afraid of his past. We don't know much about Taburo, mm. so he's afraid of what he's done, yeah. and he just embraces himself. It's okay not to be afraid of your past as long as you learn from it and become whole. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Plyoris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Frankenstein thing with uh, her not working, you, I think, learned literally in the last chapter, which is chapter six, just what they did, which is the robot Dell. And they learn, I think through Piton, it was like, it wasn't her portal because it didn't have her soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at the imagery at the end of that chapter when he's trying to like get some investors and some business. Like, look, I can harvest Paradite. Invest in me. And they get this super decrepit wench crawling out of a freaking gross-ass birthmark. Like, imagine if that was colored. That'd That's really what I'm gross. saying. This would be... Uh... This would be pretty grotesque. It's already pretty grotesque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually was shocked, and they got me on this. This was a good twist, that it was um, an animatronic Barachi. Yeah. Because he even did her that. makeup and was talking about how like he needs her to go in, and she said fine. Mm-hmm. But then when she explodes, you can see the wires and the cords. Mm. I thought there might have been a time jump. Where when the moment they're in front of the business people, it's a robot. But everything before that is still catering to her, getting her wound properly, uh, looking normal, so she can be the face of the business. Sure, I see that. Mm. Be interesting. Final chapter. Yeah. Toward a dazzling future. <laughs> yeah. A dazzling What's world. Interesting. I think having looked through this is how short each chapter is. Like you. You said you did it two, three sittings. I think I did the same thing. Yeah, I think I read two chapters at a time. Yeah. It's it's actually fairly short. Yeah. But it's still like an awesome complete story. It the the pace of this book is fin- fantastic. It's quick. I could have read it in one. Yeah. I didn't want to. Mm. I wanted to take it in bites. It's it's almost like it they know how to pull you into the next scene like, "Oh, and then what?" Yeah. Because you can have those links together. Yeah. Which is re- really cool. 
attribution of just the book and the storytelling of Junji. Okay, I hope it's say the name right. Junji Ito. Junji Ito. Junji Ito. Mm. Yeah, I, I, well, take a stab. This last chapter. This is when <laughs> you get a lot going on. There, we still have to still get, still have to still get. Uh, there's still the two portals, and then they have this weird like, I don't know. It's almost like Maruso finally has her point in the story. Before she was just the scared soothsayer saying that the future's scary, blah, blah, blah. But then finally we see some of that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And she like has her tumor removed and still contributes to that vision. And I feel like she finally, you know, like this is her chapter. Because I don't think she really did much otherwise. Do you feel similar? Um, I'm sorry. Maruso can, I, feel I like... was uh, trying to catch up. Oh, you're good. Um, I think what was Maruso the question? is the main star of Chapter 6 by actually having a contribution to the way it ended. Even though she was a soothsayer through a lot of the books, she wasn't really like significant, I, I felt like. She, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on her. Um, I felt like this was her chapter to finally have something to contribute I think I think this is her. Portal. This is finally a cha- a moment for her where she gets something significant. Yeah. Uh, but it's still overshadowed by the others. Okay. Because um, before we even get there, we get Barachi and Suga uh, in bed. Suga leaves to go kiss Maruso. Barachi gets jealous, so she goes to fucking light the portal of hers on fire. Which I was so hoping we would get to see what would happen if it got oh, that would have been set cool. on fire. But instead, Suga pushes her in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? I actually re- the great to good. <laughs> I got uh, a, like a bit of a jaw drop at that moment too. He shoves her through. Ha ha. He says. <laughs> uh, then we get the Maruso moment where she removes the tumor and she does actually get. Uh, a bit more of a speaking role and a bit more clarity on the situation. With her tumor? Yeah. Yeah. Being removed so she can actually... She's lobotomized, but she also then uh, gains some control. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot they sent a probe down to see what happened to Barachi, but Suga assumed she'd be dead. Mm-hmm. But you can see her on the other side. I thought this was a really cool scene showing them delving the probe into the portal. And it was supposed to be super high tech and withstand the temperatures of the dazzling world. And you just start to get to like a, is it a bird? Is, is it, it a plane? plane? No, it's <laughs> super Barachi. <laughs> yeah. And the probe still looks to- like completely Disgusting. torn apart. Yeah. No one can handle the afterlife in return. Unless, of course, it is your own soul. Even then, did they return? Because they... I don't know. They're, they're the, kind of like the Fantastic Four. The characters do appear fairly soul Look at that. That's like a superhero pose. That is true. Shwoof. Bump. Where are those sound effects? <laughs> oh. oh, I see. Oh, yours is in uh, Japanese. Yeah. You got Japanese automatopias. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she has one... Stone. Mm-hmm. And of course, Suka now suddenly loves her again. But do you remember how 
earlier, the idea was that you could only come through your portal if you had your soul. Mm -hmm. So Barachi spent that whole time in the other world looking for her soul. Oh, is that what you're saying? And she came out with one stone. I imagine she always had her soul. Maybe. Because if you're going to the afterlife, oh, I see. Maybe if you're dead, your body leaves and your soul then goes to the its own stone. Right. These are the questions we could ask. It's a paradox. Wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, no, you're good. I'm thinking, like, this is deep stuff. If we had souls, where would they be? Are they tied to something else in another plane? In this story, it's a stone in a pile of stones. Hmm. What do I think? Is that what you're asking me? I am. Sheesh. Which would be better, to have it in our bodies or in another plane? I think in the body, when you die. Like, I'm not a believer in reincarnation, but I like the idea of the recycled energy. Mm-hmm. When you die, your soul maybe is that energy that goes somewhere else. The dazzling world? Could be. Because that way it could go back to another body later. Right. If it's in your own body here and right now on the physical earth and you die, wouldn't it not dissipate? Unless it is corporeal or ethereal in form. Yeah, I'm not sure. So if it's tied to a, when say, you... a hive mind or an alternate plane and it has somewhere to go, then perhaps it can be taken once again. Right. I can't deny it. It's... No, this is all theory. I like Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. Uh... Back when science was cool and you could experiment on killing people on a table and then bringing them back to life, there was a doctor who would he didn't kill them. Well, he, pro- cool. he probably did. He says he didn't. He would research when people died. He would weigh them mm-hmm. the moment before death and the moment after death. And after they had died, they would weigh lighter. Mm-hmm. And thus, he came up with the weight of the soul. I think I've heard this story before. And so... Whether you believe that or not, it's just the idea that something changes when a body dies. And so for me, that means there's something else. I don't know what, Mm. but there's got to be something. No one does. No. Barachi does. (laughs) I don't remember where I would have heard that story before. I feel like I've seen an animation of, like, that experiment. Even if it was a crude animation for, like... Christian Bible school or, or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they teach you about the soul's weight. I wanted to say too, this chapter falls really quick. Way oh, yeah. more than the other chapters where the moment we learn Barachi can travel and here you see she has the soulless white eyes, we immediately go to Taburu's situation. Mm-hmm. And Doctor is trying to visit him and he's kind of freaking out about his shadow. But then not too much later... He realizes there's a bright shining shadow on a wall with seemingly no form, and he realizes it's another portal. And sooner or later, this badass scene comes where Taburo slips through his perfect shape, almost as one with his shadow, as a portal to the Dazzling Realm. Have you ever heard of the Junji Ito story, uh, the Kamigawa, uh, the Fault Fault of something? Um, Yes, I have. It's the one where people are afraid of the holes. Yes, it is. And it's, I gotta find my hole. Yeah, I did think that a lot, too. Because uh, Junji Ito's obsessed with several things. Circles, concentric circles is one of them. Um, and silhouettes or holes the sizes of humans. The perfect size of humans is another. 
and it just made me think of that. I had read that short story before. The Enigma, the Enigma of Amagara Fault. Yes. <laughs> I just clicked. Nice. Thanks for finding it. But yeah, so that same story, it's, it's, it's uh, a piece of that here. Yes. And when he releases his portal, same white eyes, kind of all sweaty. Mm-hmm. But that was just that was it. Boom! He walks in. He merged one of the shadow. Boom! He's got a portal now. And that was kind of they don't talk. Uh, Barachi didn't talk. No. Taburo didn't talk. Piton's the only one that talks. He might be comfortable now because they do end up talking together in the end. But when they first emerge together, from the portal, they talk to each other, but no one else. Oh, snap. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, heck, maybe. I have no idea. Oh. And, and then shortly after, Maruso gets good. her... I feel very good. Yes. <laughs> like a lobotomy. Freaking yeah. nice pick. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, the, for this chapter, the, the tumor. I think every time they show a portal, it's definitely a good moment. You see the portal of her tumor. And she just jumps in almost like willy-nilly. It seems that way, probably because of the lobotomy. She's got like less emotions to show for it. Uh. And shortly after that, then they get into uh, narration mode. I wanted to go back because this is uh, something, you know, mm. that every character's had something. Mm-hmm. And Maruso's like, Dr. Suga, I suppose you want me to go in? She's like, yeah, I'll go. Fine. He says, you're not afraid. She says, strange, isn't it? I'm not afraid at all. The old me? Why was I so frightened? Mm. Her character was always afraid, apprehensive. Sometimes it was seen as like a moral compass, and other times it was just like she was a timid, scared Mm -hmm. person, unwilling to interact at all. And she didn't interact for most of this entire story. She's a background character. Mm. She was scared. Yeah. Whereas I think initially I'm I don't know I still am on the fence on that because she still had the moral compass I don't like was it okay to sell all the peridonite for monetary gain eh, anyway I just wanted to maybe. touch back on that but please no you're good continue. I think with the monetary gain like it's a soul so if you think about it as a soul no a soul's priceless so with that in mind yeah you can make money of it in today's world I think someone would want to yeah but that's probably what a devil would do. Uh, you were going to move past her jumping into the portal, though, I think. Um, it just gets very um, narrative. Oh, the narrative. Because yep. after she jumps in, it speaks about the amazing spectacle of the spirit world that accompanies it. has got, And that world has caused a great public disturbance. What everyone cares about now is paradonite. 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 Boy, what a word. Yeah. And it does a quick thing about how they all form together, known as Black Paradox, a group that secretly collects and sells paradidite for the future of society. Until it, you know, until probably Maruso's future telling comes true, if at all. Mm-hmm. At long last, the four. This is the when they talk to each other. Yeah. In their like zombified soulless state yeah they all speak it almost like they're just so comfortable hmm oh okay comfort yeah 
Come and going to another world. But we never imagined they are relaxed, like aren't they? Well, finally get to go to another world as we once wished. Looks like the four of us. That's right. I've heard you now a seer. That's right. <laughs> uh, Yo. Okay, here's the paradox. Hmm. The doppelgangers that they killed was an attempt by their souls in paradise to inhabit their bodies to be able to travel back and forth between. Mm. So the characters weren't even the they were the target. They weren't the they weren't the subject of the of the story. They were oh. the target of the spirit world. Interesting. Cuz now they're content and they said, "Well, now we get to travel back and forth." Mm. I don't know, just a theory. No. Just a game theory. Well, they <laughs> can travel back and forth because they have the portals to their own souls. Mm -hmm. I believe like they the fact that they had that weird cultivation which only happened from them wanting to kill themselves in the first place you're saying the souls from the underworld targeted their real selves so that they could inhabit them and follow through with the transportation for a uh, pseudo immortality yeah now look how happy they are they're so happy they're talking about like this picture here yeah crossed legs just chilling yeah hmm. and this is when Marisu gives. Have I been saying? We've been saying that wrong. Marisol. So far away from the screen. Uh, M A R U S O. Mar Maruso. Okay, I think mine just looks off. Although yours is yours in English. I think it was like crude translation. Okay. Oh, even the font is different. Yeah. This is just a little cleaner font. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. It could just be the fact that I'm zoomed in. Oh, and this says, I heard you're now a seer. And this says, you can see the future now. So it's just a different translation. Yeah, that's way too much. She gives the two saying future. We'll talk about Paradonite. Eventually they'll collect every human soul until there's none left. Kind of just gets really re reflective about what they're doing as their job, even if they, like, they're alive yet dead. You're selling your soul. They are selling their soul. Ah, we all, oh, we are all selling our soul. What's the price of selling your soul? For Maruso, it is peace of mind. For Piton, it is feeling adequate and useful. For mm. Barachi, it is beauty. And Taburo's a psychopath. And Do <laughs> Dr. Suka, it's power. Yeah. Influence, power. Influence, power. Yeah, this right here. Look at how happy they all are. Whoa! Here comes the dog! And this felt super sassy as one of the final scenes <laughs> when they do get together and Dr. Soup is talking about how they're ready for another dive. Oh, hello. And they're like, all right, then let's get going for humanity's sake. And it's like the most sarcastic, like, for humanity's sake. Right. Because they know that it's not actually for humanity at that point. Like, it is, but there's a point at which it's going to fail. That's part of why I felt that maybe the souls being the antagonist were, was a, is a possibility. Yeah. For humanity's sake, versus they don't care. They don't care about humanity anymore. Yeah. I guess maybe they're not happy. They are. They're not smiling in this last. They're scene. just neutral. They're, mm. they're like zombies. Yeah. Mm. 
They do look like they have some swagger to them, though. Yeah, they're like they're swagging. They're all wearing black. Remember how in the beginning they said they're all gonna wear black so they could identify each other? Yeah. I wonder how much other characters are. Well, that's where color kind black of paradox. gets removed from this image. Ah, uh, Doctor Suga wears white the whole time. Hmm. There's times where they are, the the uh, main characters aren't wearing black; they're wearing like gray or a lighter color too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dense book, but I felt each chapter had a point to the story, and it ended up being a re- interesting progression of these four people claiming their souls, whether it was for the good of humanity or not, and kind of joining together and like learning. I guess I don't know how to how to sell their soul, how to collect pyranidite, how to just cope with that. I, mean, I don't know if they had to cope with it or just learn to live in the world or something, you know? Yeah. I thought it was an awesome story. I like the way it progressed. The imagery top notch with all the portals and the birthmarks and the spirit worlds and the of course the pylorus. This is one of the points of the whole book, I think. When Barachi says, but humanity isn't so foolish as to keep using the stones when they know it will make them vanish. Mm. And then going on, the next character says, I suppose not. Assuming humanity can give up the blessing of Peradonite. So then, humanity will go extinct, question mark? Well, I'll leave that to your imagination. Mm. So then the question, it leaves you with the question. Mm. Are humans so vain or so thirsty for the material things mm-hmm. that will make ourselves go extinct. Yeah, this is almost real. Wait, was this 2022? This is 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just saying a couple articles on um, phys.org. Uh, they're just physics papers that are published. And one of them was about new climate change approaches. And there's another, like, Sue's saying about how bad things are going with pollution and, and things of that nature. And what what it would take, and if we are going to be overusing our resources, which we presumably are. I didn't read in depth on numbers because I had a link to their actual published. What I read was this quick summary, and then they use a lot of big terms about five different steps and things. But all that aside, that being really recent, I think correlates heavily to yeah, we've got a little bit of this destruction of man. Yeah, on our own terms. Maybe let's consume a little less when mm-hmm. we can. Yeah, consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guilty. Nah, but who isn't? Oh, this is where it confirms Barachi's uh, bot, robot failed because her soul wasn't in it. Oh, nice. And then how are we supposed to find our souls? Are you asking? Or are you? Uh, that's what that? that's what Taburo asks. Mm. And then Barachi says, "Yes, how could we?" And Marusa said, "You should feel something special from your own soul." And like then someone she said, who's found a way. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, and Piton shows up. Yeah, I have my original soul the whole time. Wipes the shoulder. Mm. All right, everyone, get out there again today for the sake of humanity. Um, great story. Yeah, good imagery crazy twists uh you can choose to read into it uh, too much and you can choose to uh, 
accept the things as weird and nutty horror story yeah. occurrences and anywhere in between there's a spectrum on how you could how much you want to read into it versus how much you enjoy a gritty grotesque horror story about the soul yeah every time that i'm reading junji ito i'm usually in the mind like i'm about to read something crazy yeah and i could probably relate sometimes i mean like any story it'll hit you differently on how much it relates to you if you want it to or if you wanted to try and tie it to things happening which you easily could because everything draws inspiration from somewhere yeah. But Junji Ito has such weird imagery and weird origins and t- twists that sometimes I lose track and I just expect a little less. I mean, I honestly, I was not thinking as deeply. Well, there were a couple moments when I read it where I was thinking a little deeply about some things. But now that you and I just talked through it, I can see so many more of the uh, writing skills that go into tying some of the pieces together. Just seeing uh, one panel that looks like Piton's stomach exploding just yeah. because it's a callback to something from earlier. I like those ties, like which he can do. He does well really visually, even with the simple progression of like Barachi's face healing on the scars, showing the fresh skin with no eyebrow, and then having the scar line slowly go away. He's has a lot of good artistry images, yeah. what have you. I'll probably read a few more because I know I I don't think there's too many out there where I think I almost have a lot of the books. What was the name you said? Rosoka received Ramina. Ramina. R e m i n a. That was a good one. That one has a couple of oh shit moments. Mm. You turn the I like when you turn a page in a comic and the splash on the backside is like something you wouldn't expect. I think mm. uh, East of West did a really good job with that on a lot of its pages. Mm. Um, and I think Romina has a couple of moments. This has a, a lot of moments like that. Exploding stomachs and mm-hmm. grotesque explosions and de- deformed bodies. Deteriorated, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of 10, 10 being this is your favorite book, what would you give Black Paradox? Mm-hmm. Like a five or a six. I think it's a great book. I'm glad I read it. I don't really need to go back to it. It's a nice cookie one I can call back to. Mm. I kind of like having the small horror collection added in my library. Yeah. It's a fun story to relate to. Or not relate to, but just like tell somebody. It's it's hard to tell somebody. At least this one especially. Because usually I'll read the collections that are short stories. Yeah. I feel like those are a lot easier to convey. Yeah. It's funny you mention describing it to someone. Uh, Before I came over today... I was leaving the house, and uh, I told Brian, I was like, oh, I'm going to go talk about uh, people trying to kill themselves to find out that their souls are on the other side of a world uh, represented by stones. And Brian goes, that kind of sounds like Junji Ito. (laughs) And I was like, it is Junji Ito. (laughs) He was the one who showed me the the enigma at fault, the fault that the enigma, the whatever. The enigma enigma at Armagara fault. That one. He showed me that. So he's a he's a big Junji fan. So he knew. Yeah, he might have even read the story already. He may have. Yeah, that's because I feel like if you say that to somebody else, you'll be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. But even then, a quirky story sounds like Junji Ito. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of my short, favorite short stories I mentioned a couple times is like this guy uh, in the beginning has his head cleaned off by a silver thread of like a, a witch's hair, 
and he has to hold his head in place throughout the entire story. Sometimes he slips and falls, and his neck gets severed, and he has to not die by holding his head in place. Yeah, that's nuts. It's it's got a lot of fun little kooky things, like sticking a card in there. Ugh. Yeah, that one made me cringe, but that was pretty cool. Just the way that story progressed, it ties a lot to just his style. Yeah. How about you? I said like five six. Um, I'm actually surprised because I would say five six is not a great rating. Mm. Um. Typically, if I enjoy a story, I'm 7 plus. So I'd say. But 10 is perfect. It's your favorite. 10 is. Maybe maybe I uh, misrepresented what 10 should be. 10 would be I want to own the book and I would read it again. Oh, and I would okay. read it again at some point and I would suggest it to others. Okay. That's a low bar. I guess um, that's a 10. I don't know. I don't know, man. I like the book. I didn't think about it very hard before. I'd recommend it to a few people. I would recommend this story to a select few. Six. We could maybe take this moment to recognize that suicide's a serious issue, so there's some people who probably shouldn't read this story. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least just say, if you need help, call the helpline. But it's a good book. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good book. But it's about some very serious topics, and it's pretty grotesque, so it's not for a 10-year-old. No. Gosh, no. Not at all. I think you you would know who you should recommend this to. Like you're not gonna recommend it to anybody. You know who you got. You gotta know who you're gonna recommend it to. Yeah, it'd be cool. I've always had uh, every Halloween I read some sort of Halloween mm-hmm. type oh, story. There you go. Junji Ito would be a good Halloween book. I usually yeah. like to read Swamp Thing or like just some kind of ghost story or something during that season. Mm. Um, I think. Yeah. Okay, let me reiterate on a ten because I want to. Will and I have a, a system, I and heard you the system. and you rate it by its visuals as well mm-hmm. as its story and its dialogue. And I think visually, it's a fantastic book. I actually take points off for it being in black and white. I don't really like to read black and white comics. I think they lose some value. That's a personal preference. Uh, the dialogue was great. Fun, believable, scary. I think the plot was cool. It felt like you said it just ramps up and then the last chapter is so fast. Mm-hmm. It's just over. Exponential. Yeah. I think that's a great story. It just felt like done. I sat down to read it and I'm done reading it. Um, so I'd say I'd give it like an eight for what it is. I've read a few other horror stories and this one's good. Great. It's a great story. Eight. That's pretty high. I really enjoyed it. Nice. I'm glad you did. Like I'm. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I really enjoyed it. It's just interesting to think about the numbers scale. Yeah, five or six to me would be like don't. I wouldn't suggest it to anyone. For me, that's like a two or a three. Okay. I would say that would be if it was a five scale. A two or three out of five would be like you shouldn't suggest that to someone. Hmm. For me, on a five scale, don't suggest is a two or one. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Interesting. I think, is that, wait, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm more extreme or you're more extreme on your highs and your lows? Uh, It probably means that I'm more forgiving and love most books I read. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is a problem I run into with Will a lot. We'll read a story and he'll be like, eh, it really didn't do it for me. I'm like, what are you talking about? This book was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think I just like most books. Mm-hmm. You like reading. 
Yeah. You like reading comics and manga. Yeah. And books. I like reading. I actually started doing audiobooks again recently. Nice. Mm-hmm. With just with the long drive to Iowa. Oh, it was terrible down there. I took some pictures. I'll show you. Did you have to go today? I went down there yesterday and stayed overnight. And we got the blizzard this morning. And we're supposed to go on roofs. Oh. I didn't really plan for that. Nope. So I told him, like, hey, we're not doing that. I'm going home. Yep. And I drove six hours home. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Because what do you... What, yeah. What, what can you do? That the, just... I counted probably 11 to 12 cars on the road, like, on the ditch, and one semi tipped. Great. On its side. Great. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm Get like, up on that roof, boy. <laughs> Why is the sun not giving my house power? <laughs> oh, man. That's frustrating. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, um, so, famously, we've had a trend. What are you doing in the magic world lately? Yeah. Um, I only had updates for Corona. The my blue black Rona deck. I forget her subtitle at this stage of my brain. But honestly, I'm excited to do our episode, which I was gonna pull up what the commander was. Oh, that's right. We said it was gonna be the green red Agatha. Yeah. I think I still have it. A lot of fun with Junji Ito, but I am excited for our next episode. Of the Vile Cauldron. There it is. That's just a two drop. Before we do jump into this, uh, I think I would recommend, I don't, like, recommend it to specific people, and it was a good, it was a good read. Just, and that's how I'd cap it. I agree. I like a lot of Junji Ito. I'm still happy to, like, collect a lot of his stuff. Um, I, like I said, I think I'm almost done. There's not like a lot out there just because you know, they're all short stories. So mm-hmm. I can have three or four collections and I'm good. And there's two main stories. Yeah. Or I guess three with Black Paradox, Gio, and Ramania. Ramina. Ramina. Do you have Uzumaki? I don't. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. That calls to one of the short stories. And I'd like to get Uzumaki more than Ramina. Okay. Uh, Anshuman with For the Love of Comics. Mm-hmm was another reason I got into Junji Ito. Oh, snap. Because he suggested Uzumaki. Okay. And he doesn't usually talk about horror comics. Mm. He usually talks about... Well, he is he's a, he is all over the board, so I guess. But Did I got you that. start watching him because of like more superhero stuff? Uh, I started watching him, I think, because of Will, because we listened to Comic Geek Speak, which is a podcast about comics only. Mm-hmm. And... I just kind of caught up or didn't really want to spend three hours on an episode. Well, for the love of comics, we'll have like a 15 to an hour long episode. Mm-hmm. And we were also in that in that phase of our lives. We were in a, a collecting phase. There's always a buy and a sell and a read and a whatever phase. And at that time, we were accumulating. And Angshaman does a 15 shelf tour. It's 15 full wall to wall bookshelves. His, and his so each, each video was one of the shelves. Uh, and so he talks briefly, very briefly. He'll slide it out and say, this is this collection or this is this short story or this is this whatever. 
And so we would take notes on what we found interesting based off of his 30-second spiel. Yeah. And that's how we started getting into a lot of more indie books and oh, horror snap. comments. And that really helped branch out from just superhero stories. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into watching the actual two-hour summary of those stories. Okay. So he'll he'll do the whole shelf, but then like Junji Ito's Uzumaki comes out. He goes, you know, I'm doing a video on this in two months. And then that video comes out. And you can either read it and watch or just watch it and mm-hmm. maybe forego the reading or read it some other time, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into yeah. this vein. Very cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how many books he has now, Junji Ito, because you said Ramina, there's Uzumaki, Gyo, Black Paradox, and a few others. Probably could look it up quick. But I think, just if I were to ballpark, there's four or five short story collections, if not more. He's probably been writing for a while, I think. Maybe. Books in order. Ooh, oh my. What's the oldest one? Love Sick Dead, 1996. That's a long time. Full set, Junji Ito, $300 on eBay. <laughs> Comes with. Oh boy, we got a list. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. 18 books? 18 books. There you go. On No Longer Human, Uzumaki, Tomi, Deserter, Frankenstein, Shiver, Smashed, Shiver, Venus in the Blind Spot, Black Paradox, Ramina, Lovesickness. There's another Black Paradox. I wonder if there's a sequel. Hmm. Censor, Voice in the Dark. Is it called just Black Paradox or Black Paradox something? It looks like they're both just called Black Paradox. They might just have two copies, so maybe 19 books. Uh, the Liminal Zone, can't really read that one. Fragments of Horror and yeah. Cat Diary. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do recognize quite a few, though. That's awesome. Shiver was one I had read. One of my coworkers lent it to me. That's another short story collection. I, th- I don't think I – yeah, there's a lot to read. There's a lot to read. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I'm happy to get back to it later. Yeah. But instead of that, we have our <laughs> next episode we have already talked about, and we're going to be doing a deck-building episode, which I think will be interesting because our goal is less than two hours to, on our now-chosen commander amongst us, build a deck together and kind of go through our process of what we look at, what we're reading, and how we do our research to add our own cards and I'll tell you right now, the biggest thing is Decked Builder, the application. It's a catalog. Yep. You type keywords. I mean, I've got my own tricks and tips that I use for how I search it and how I build. And people out like, how many Commander freaking episodes are there? They're like, here, if you have 10 removal and 10 ramp and 10, 12 rocks and yep. 13 threat and whatever. Yep. I'm, I kind of do that. But I mostly just add it until I'm at 100 cards, which is opposite of what scott does i will build and my starting count will be like 600 to Mm -hmm. 800 because i'll type in this commander is red and green so i'll do red and green as my filter and i'll type in the word whenever (laughs) and i'll read through every triggered ability in magic in red and green Mm. now i don't know what she does right now oh look Activated abilities of creatures you control cost X less to activate, where X is the power of this creature. 
So I would look up activated ability. So I would either type in tap or pay X or something. I don't know. Well, the problem with that then is there's a lot of activated abilities that are just colorless. You can't search that. Yeah. You probably could do it if you did it one on like Wizards Gatherer. Yeah. But not necessarily decked builder. This would be a harder decked builder build. Yeah. It would be it would hard because of looking for activated abilities. But even then, go to red and green creatures or enchantments. Go yep. to permanence. Yep. And I'd start there. Yeah. And a lot of my creatures, I'm already imagining making her power bigger. Yeah. By when they answer this, she gets a counter, and I just want her to be big so that my abilities are small. Yep. Now, I think that'll be a really fun build for sure. Well, so even herself, she has that six-cost ability to yep. increase the power. So if she gets four higher power than for two, your, all your creatures get plus one, plus one trample. Well, it already costs one less. Oh, true. Yeah, so you only need to get her to a 4-4 four, four or a 4-1 if it works out that way. Oh, snap. You could do... Um, there, oh. Plus three, plus oh on an equipment? Sure. I was thinking if you go Spell Slinger and turbo her ability, oh. there's a lot of abilities like um, Strength of Might or Primal Crime. I can't recall, but they're like one cost red spells, plus three, plus oh in haste, plus three, plus oh in scry one, plus three, plus oh in draw a card. Uh, there's the one from like the Theros block, uh, Titan Strength. Yes. Plus the... three, plus one, scry one for one. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Mash those onto her with mana doublers and just do Voltron. Yeah. Dang. She's a two-cost commander that could kill you on turn five. Well, that's actually pretty slow. <laughs> Four. <laughs> yeah. That's Three. pretty that's, that's pretty good. Well, you could do like Gush, Geyser, all that I guess that turn stuff. five is still pretty good. That's a pretty quick kill. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just a scoop of maybe an idea go. Uh, yep. Do we want to go that way? I don't know. We can talk more about it before the episode. Yep. But I think that'll be a cool thing. Yeah. I don't know what to do after that. Well, I mean, we'll just start with that first. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for that episode. That's the real recent magic thing. That's what you asked me. I was thinking about. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to edit Rona. I really should look at a new set to see if there's any wacky cards. Because she's... What's that? Is that your list? Oh, you're making salmon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've told me. Is it the food one? 216 cards remaining in my salmon Frodo deck. <laughs> that's a lot. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, but that's I'll, a lot. I'll print at 120. So I got to cut 94 cards. Okay. That's less than a deck? It's less than a deck. <laughs> when did you start making this list? Um, week and a half ago. Oh, that's really good. I wanted to keep it as contained within the Lord of the Rings as possible. Mm. So I only searched for outside of the Lord of the Rings if it was perfect for the deck. Like Academy Manufacture, mm-hmm. if you would create a food, a treasure, or a clue, create one of each. That's so I'm going to include that. Mm. I don't care that it's not Lord of the Rings. It goes in the deck. <laughs> like, that's, it's just, that's yeah. it. That's a good card. I feel really bad about one card in here called Nuka-Cola Machine. <laughs> Is it from an unset? It's from the... Um, what's Nuka-Cola from? It's a video game. What's the video game with the guy with the thumbs up? Blonde, blonde dude. Fallout? Fallout. It's from the Fallout set. I didn't know they had a Fallout magic set. Yeah, there's one called Over-Encumbered. And you, your opponent makes like three or four artifacts, and it's basically ghostly prison, but they have to pay one for each artifact they control. 
So you oh. over so you over encumber your opponent. Yeah, I'm not gonna use it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> uh cola search. Nuka Cola vending machine. It's so <laughs> anti Lord of the Rings because it's an electronic vending machine. Yeah, here, give me that. Yeah, you go ahead and read that. Alright, Nuka Cola vending machine is a three cost artifact. One in a tap, create a food. Whenever you sacrifice a food, create a tapped treasure token. Oh, that's pretty gnarly. Can you sack at instant speed with yes. Frodo? And Sam makes food activation one less. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you're, are you going to be a health gain deck? I'm going to be a life gain deck. Yeah. A life well, I guess gain, you're well, a food deck, though. It's a food deck that will gain a lot of life. Well, yeah, I think naturally a food deck is going to gain a lot of life. Um, but there are other cards that can abuse food for other reasons. The only issue I see is producing enough food in the deck, and that's why something like Nuka-Cola Machine should just be in there. I see. It doesn't fit the theme, but you know what? Magic vending machine on Mount Doom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It works. The elves made it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be a dwarf thing. The dwarves would make a Nuka Cola machine. That's so funny. Let's see what other projects. No. Okay. Well, I think that's a good idea. Uh, how did you say the two something? Two sixteen. Two sixteen. I'm at a point where it's really tough to cut. There's so much food interaction, and they reprinted a. They re- re- reprinted the swords. Ooh, can I cut some right now? No, bar- no questions asked? No. Let me cut 20 cards? No. 10 cards? Mm, no. 5? Mm, no. You, okay. could cr- you could critique cards. You want to critique cards? If you give it to me, I'm going to make them. I'm going to remove them. Don't. <laughs> You'll never know they're gone. They're going to know. No, no, you're not. They're not going to know. I might actually cut Delighted Halfling from this deck list. Cut it. Cool. Thanks, Alex. You helped me cut one card from the deck list. <laughs> they reprinted like Soul's Attendant and Soul Warden in the Lord of the Rings set. Uh, okay. They reprinted Swords to Plowshares and Path to Exile in the Lord of the Rings set. So it has Lord of the Rings art and a quote. You from... want to use them? No, actually. I'm specifically going... I'm, I'm doing it the same as, as I did Quain. I'm going to go minimal removal. I want to build a big board of food. That's, okay. what, that, that's what I want. Okay. I'm I'm changing my play style with a couple decks so that I have a different mesh between all my magic decks because a lot of my magic decks have been built very similar. I like to win. I play the good cards. There's a lot to interact with. Mm-hmm. There's still gonna be a lot to interact with, but there's gonna be less of the obvious removal, obvious ramp. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be different. That's what I was excited for for with Rona, whereas a lot of my decks, I guess, they're just token decks. <laughs> this is my first token deck. No. Really? What, what else have I built that's a token deck? The spirit deck makes tokens, but it's not a token deck. Mm. Atla? Okay, you got me there. Uh, that's a pseudo token deck. I've yeah, maybe made like six it's eggs. more of an egg deck. It's an egg deck. <laughs> Atla! <laughs> uh, yeah. Huh, first token deck. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I'm putting all the doublers in it. Don't eat them. <laughs> Brooklyn doesn't have them. Well, Brutoclad can Imagine Brutoclad suck some food. Well, he'll eat the food. <laughs> I guess he's like a robot, though. He's a robot bird. He might suck at some point <laughs> and then digest at another point. Because, you know, he'll have the mechanical vacuum and then the... You know, you helped me, cut, you help me cut a second card. As soon as you said you don't need them, I don't need all four of them. 
So I could cut prime, I could cut primal vigor because it's a five drop and it benefits my opponents the same as myself. Huh. But there's a white four cost enchantment that doubles. There's a white four cost creature that doubles, and there's two green four cost enchantments that double. So I had five doublers. That's a lot. I just of cut it. I just cut it to four. You know how many you need? One. Two. <laughs> you need one doubler. Imagine what, how much other awesome interactive type stuff you can get. This is the problem I have with deck building. I imagine a world where I have all four out at the same time. Right. So then I'm doubling two to four, and I'm doubling four to eight, and I'm doubling eight to 16. I create one food for 16 food. Yeah, but... Just how cool that would be. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But my mantra that I've had against that is always, uh, I don't need to win more. If I'm winning, awesome. I don't need to win more. I'm already winning. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel those stack. Which is fine. That's awesome. I mean, heck, I've made millions of tokens. When I had Riku 2 Reflections, yeah, I ran both the doublers. Mm -hmm. But I think in a lot of my deck building now, you only need one. You'll find it eventually, and if you don't, you'll get a different card and develop a different strategy that game. Yeah, and I have been... I think I've improved my deck building skill. Not the speed, but the skill. To have other routes to things mm-hmm. where I don't need a doubler to win with the deck. It's just another option in the deck. Hmm. So I could see I can see your point that four is maybe a little excessive. Four is a bit. I'll go three for now. I think it's just because of the type of effect it is. Like if it's a draw card ability, yeah, boom, put them in there. Mm-hmm. It's hard to gauge but really when you're looking at the deck But 60% of my list. deck makes a token? That's a lot. You don't need if you're sixty percent of your deck the makes food. a token. Food. You don't even need a doubler. Food, food. <laughs> no, you got a good point. Um, it'll have to be something I play test too. Yeah. When I get to the one twenty, the one. twenty sideboard will probably include one of the doublers. Hundred pure. No. Hundred pure. No. How many times do you use your sideboard? Uh, quite often. Mm. I would say I maybe slot out. Well, here's the thing: the sl- the sideboard could probably be 15. I could go 115 because mm-hmm. a lot of times I think 15 is what's technically supposed. To be. Yeah, you can't have a sideboard in Commander, but yeah. I say it's my extra cards. Then, mm-hmm. well, the cards I'm not they're... I'm not slotting them in mid game or in a tournament setting. We're printing Magic. We can't play in a tournament setting. But cards that reference outside the game. Uh, are not legal cards in Commander. Right. Because you don't have a sideboard to reference. Right. And that's the argument against a sideboard. So it's not a sideboard. These are the stack of potential builds that I have mm-hmm. for the deck when it doesn't work the way I yeah, wanted it to. I got you. Is that... Okay, okay, okay. I've... <laughs> Brian, every time I mention it as a sideboard, is like, well, you can't have a sideboard. I'm like, I'm aware. Oh, I see. These are the cards He's on the... been difficult. These are the cards on the side that I'll use later. <laughs> Nah, he just likes to, he likes to say he knows the rules. Yeah, and there's a lot of them too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, that'll be fun. Do you think we'll get Agatha down done in two hours? Yes. Okay. I think we can do it. I'm willing to uh, come your way quite a bit because I know that my way will not happen in that amount of time. So I have to be able to be flexible. Sure. And I think it'll be fun to see what kind of cards we can find that are like yes and no. And what about this idea, this avenue? Yep. You suggest Voltron. Well, now I'm thinking maybe we could see about doing some Voltron, not all Voltron. Yep. So 
I, cool. It gets the ball rolling. I think yeah, it'll be fun. We'll get there. I'm curious to see how many enchantments we could just wreck because their ability costs zero or something. Uh-huh. There's a lot of goofy red enchantments. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some great uh, activated abilities on red enchantments. Yeah. Maybe even auras. Something. Yeah. Activated abilities of green. Green would probably have a lot of crazy stuff, too. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I gotta read her again. Read her one more time and... Activated abilities of creatures of creatures you control. Oh, okay, okay. That's a good delineation. But Cost still. X less to activate where X is Agatha's power. This effect can't reduce the mana to less than one. So you can't go in. She's basically a, that's like an anti-infinite wording, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Anti-infinite wording. But. If it costs one red. If you get her power. If you get her power to four, then for two, any of your creatures get haste. Mm. And, and trample. Plus and plus one, plus one. But the haste, then you can activate them. If they have a tap ability. If they have a tap ability. Cool. Do you think we would want to include something like Thousand Year Elixir? That lets you use tap abilities as though they had haste, and it's one in the tap to untap. Well, you we could do a paid tap to untap combo and just make all of the extra cost be null. It's all one. I think there's some. And then you can use freaking um, Seaborn Muse. Untap all permanents. Untap all permanents. <laughs> yeah. During each opponent's end step. Yeah. Or each end step. Something like that. And if you're always buffed, then they always cost one less, and then you just untap again. You get the value. Huh. Tap, don't tap. Huh. Well, it sounds like we're going to have a lot to talk about yeah, next time. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll delve on that Maybe we should not comes. plan ahead of time. No, Because yeah, even just I think this, this brainstorming, is. we're already going on to the episode right now. Right. Oh, well, that wasn't much. That was just a tip. We don't have any cards. It's just a theory. Just a, a game theory. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't quote. Not... <laughs> uh, no, that'll be a great episode. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Junji Ito was an awesome read. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad that you shared it. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, I know you have way more that you usually share with me than mm-hmm. I think I share with you. Mm-hmm. But it's good. All right. Uh, until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>